1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. Beloved, let us love one another, for God is of lo uh, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. I'd like to begin by thanking Brother Billy. One thing I noticed is uh, as he began to lead songs, right away I picked up on that each time he goes out of his way to make sure that the, the songs that are led go along with the topic that you're about to study. So as you, as you contemplate or as I first, when I first started to pay attention, I would always watch and I would try and figure out what the sermon was going to be before Mike got up. So as, as tonight went, you might have guessed, uh, tonight we will be studying the topic of love. As we, as we think about the new year, with, with the new things that have come, actually I want to make one other mention of something because now I see him. Uh, if you appear to my left and your right, there is a young man named Andy who started off the new year right, and he was baptized Wednesday night uh, following services, and so I'd encourage everyone to, to meet him if you haven't met him uh, tonight following services. That's uh, Andy over here in the gray, so go ahead and make sure you, you make it a point to meet him and welcome him to, to the family of Christ. Back to starting off 2015. In starting off 2015, I want to ensure that we do it Number one, with love. Uh, we sang one of the songs called The Greatest Commands. Obviously, the, the greatest command given by God was that we put God first and then love your neighbor as yourself. We have also uh, in 1 John chapter 4, which uh, Tanner just read a moment ago, God is love. God is the presence of love. God is number one. There's no love outside of God. And if one doesn't have love, they don't have God at all. So in looking tonight, we're going to consider the topic of love. I entitled it Spreading Love, or Spreading the Love, Sharing Love. Because really the key to Christianity is showing the world what we're all about. While Christ was here, the greatest topic that, that he might, you might say he showed to the world, the greatest topic that he, that he taught revolved around that of love. Now, not only did he teach it, but we'll also notice that he lived it. So as we begin, we're going to look at spreading love and how that love is extended to us. Love is extended to us ultimately, as we know, because of that which Christ gave his life. A moment ago, as Tanner read in 1 John chapter 4, you can notice that it says that Jesus was a propitiation for us. He was the sacrifice for us. He was like an atonement. If you think of the atonement offering in the Old Testament, there's a problem where there was sin. And because mankind has a problem, being sin that brings forth death, we had to have an offering. And that's where Jesus came in. You can notice back in 1 John chapter 4, in verse 11 it says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So we see that it's something that, that we do. It's something that's part of the Christian life, but as you go further, you see that it's 
more, ex more, more so extended to us. It's something we received because Christ did it first. If you go on down, it says, No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. Verse, whoops, I skipped the wrong part. Go back, to, go back to verse 9. In this the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. God's purpose, God's plan was that we could have life. God's purpose was in sending His Son so that we could be a part of the church. We could be a part of the redeemed or the saved. That we could have that blessing bestowed upon us because Christ poured out His blood so that we might live. Notice first, and love is extended to us. It was ultimately the, the main point is that God sent His Son. We know once again in John chapter 3, 16, uh, verse so, so often quoted how that the Son of God was sent because of us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. So God gave His Son for us. So first off, as love is extended to us, it is ultimately in the, in the point that God sent His Son. Notice in 1 John chapter 4 again, go all the way down to verse 19, and you'll notice that love is reciprocal. Not only did we receive love, not only was love extended to us, but you see in verse 19 it says we know that we are of God. Whoop. It says we love Him because He first loved us. I'd been better off quoting it. If you look at verse 19, the point is because He loved us, we also love. We know that we are loved because of that. We love Christ because He first showed it to us. It was extended to us. And now... We do the same. We show our love to God in one way by coming together and to worship Him. So as we're here tonight, we have, have one avenue in which we show our love to God as we come together and we worship His name. We also notice that love is extended uh, wholly in that of Christ giving His life. Not only did God send His Son, but while Christ was here, Christ gave His life. It's said that He could have called ten legions of angels. It wasn't the nails... That held, that held Jesus Christ to the cross, but it was His love for us. Because Christ loved us, Jesus stayed on the cross. Because He had a purpose, because He wanted us to have better. He wanted us to have forgiveness of sins. In John chapter 15 and verse 13, it says, Greater love hath no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. So we see here, not only can a man lay down his life for his friends, but if you look at Christ... <laughs> As he was hanging on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them, the ones that were in fact crucifying him, for they know not what they do. So not only did he lay down his life for his friends, but he laid down for the ones that hate him, that mocked his name, for the ones that shouted, crucify him, crucify him. We see the ultimate, the ultimate picture of love in that Christ hung on the cross, and not only did he die for those that loved him, but he died for those that hated him. He died for those that didn't care about him that didn't want to lift him up, that didn't want to put him first. And we'll notice later in the sermon that God gives the same, the same purpose for us. God has the same design for Christians today. Obviously that of Christian being Christ-like, later he'll tell us that we too ought to be like Christ, loving our enemies, loving those that hate us, that despitefully use us, those that, that do wrong to us. We've got an idea, we've got the 
teaching of love. Number one, love is extended to us. Number two, love is exalted for us. Love is exalted because it was recorded as the greatest. It is number one. We sang the song just a few moments ago entitled The Greatest Commands. If you listen to the words of the song, it's all based around the fact that love is number one. Love was the number one behind God's design. If you look at Mark chapter 12, verse 30, and verse 31, it says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. Now, you can go on to the second commandment. It says, This is the first commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. We'll see at times that they question Jesus and try, and try and trip him up, and they say, huh, who is your neighbor? And as you notice, in the parable of the Good Samaritan, it's the person you're around. The person you come into contact with is your neighbor. It's not just the person next door. It's not just the person that sits in the pew next to you. It's all those people that are in the world around us. Notice in Mark chapter 12 that love is exalted. It's an exalted command. He says the number one command is this, love the Lord. The number two command is love your neighbor. Both commands we find as the, the greatest commands. The first and the second commandment. We'll notice later that upon this hangs all laws. Upon this we have all laws because really that's God's design. Was that of those ideas, the, the idea of love that is taught here, everything else revolves around it. The reason we don't go out and get involved in, in these different sins is because of love. Love is the basis of all commands. You can go to Romans chapter 13. In Romans chapter 13, he's listing that of the laws of old. If you look in verse 9 and 10, you see in Romans 13 it says, For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And he goes on to say, And if there is any other commandment, all are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. He sums up all commandments in love. Love for their neighbor. Verse 10 says, Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. How are you going to treat someone if you love them? Well, you're going to do good to them. How are you going to treat, treat those that are special, that are important, you're going to do good to them. We have the love of Christ in that he came, and even those that hated him, those that he didn't have a reason to love, meaning what have you done for him? What have we done for Christ? It's really somewhat that of the parent and the child relationship. You have the child that's brought into the world by the parent, and they have a natural affection from the beginning, although the child has yet to do anything for the parent, except bring them pain, I guess. You have the child that hasn't, that hasn't done yet, but yet the parent has a love, a great love. Well, Christ was so much greater in that not only did he love, love those, but he loved the ones that hated him. So we have the ultimate showing of love. Love is exalted for us in that love is the greatest thing a man can possess. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, often called the love chapter, uh, as it's recorded there, we see in verse 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13, it says, And now abideth faith, hope, and love, or charity in the King James. These three, but the greatest is love. So once again, you see that love is exalted. It's lifted up. It's, 
it showed out about above all others. In fact, if you read through uh, chapter 12 and verse 13 there in 1 Corinthians, you'll notice that they're talking about the miracles that they're able to perform. And he says, if you don't do it with love, it's pointless. Sure, you might have the ability to speak in tongues or you might have the ability to prophesy. They, they gave many different things. There's a list of things that they, they are talking about there. And he says, if it's done without love, what good is it? What good is it if a person does this miraculous gift or they perform this miraculous action that they had at the time, but they do it without love? Later it says, when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part is done away, talking about the, the, miracle, the miraculous gifts, the gifts that they had. You can go also to Colossians chapter 3 and verse 14. It says, and above all these things put on love. Once again, it's exalted, it's lifted up. Love is the greatest thing that a Christian can, ha can have. Really, I don't know if one could be considered a Christian without that of love, as it's, as it's the basis of all Christianity. Within that of putting God first, making God your number one, giving Him your all, your heart, your soul, your strength, your mind. Looking at your neighbor, loving your neighbor as yourself. Having that love, we see that love is really the greatest possession that man can have, that love for others, that love that's shared with others. Love is not only... Is extended to us in Christ giving his life. Love is not only exalted in being the, the greatest of all things, but also love is something that is expected of us. It's something that's commanded, something that's taught, and it's something we must do. This started from way back in the Old Testament. And you, if you go back to the law of Moses, look in Deuteronomy. In chapter 10, verse 12 and 13, we have a similar commandment to that of ours. We see in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12, that they're supposed to love the Lord. They're supposed to walk in His ways. They're supposed to put Him first. We have the same thing that's later taught to us. We're later taught to be, to do the same things as they are in that of making God our number one. You can see later it's, love is done even to those that don't love you. Love is for those who are unloving, those that hate, those that use you. As we mentioned earlier, I said we would, we would look at it in Luke chapter 6 and verse 35. It says, but love your enemies. Do good to them. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing. Again, and your reward shall be great. So notice, not only did it say love your enemies, it says do good and don't expect anything back. They're not doing something for the purpose of receiving because love did it without expecting something back. Remember how Christ did it? Christ offered his life without first getting something from us. Christ did it with true love. Defining that of really what love is being a selfless love. It's not about him. It's not a, it's not a selfish thing where he's, he's looking to himself, but rather it's about everyone else. So we see true love that is expressed by Christ. Love must be that of sincere. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 9, it's mentioned, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to that which is good. It's something that's sincere, it's true. It's not something where someone looks to an individual and, and says, I love them, and then turn and does something else, but rather it's shown in their every action. It's shown in their every way of life. Love is something that is sincere. Love is also shown by action. Action is really what love is. You have all different types of verbs, but 
For one to say I love, it really doesn't show anything until they first show it by what they do. Our deeds speak a lot louder than words. It's been said over and over. Well, love is the same way. It's one thing to say I love you. It's one, to, one thing to say I love Christ. But it's a totally different thing to live for him. It's a totally different thing to day in and day out crucify self. Meaning put it off, put off my desires, put off my worldly, worldly feelings. And number one, putting Christ first. Love is expected, and we see within that chapter, the love chapter, in 1 Corinthians 13, all the attributes of love, the deeds, what it really is. What is love all about? We're going to go ahead and take just a couple moments to go ahead and read that. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you want to follow along, it's in verses 4 through 7. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7. It says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Verse 8, love never fails. It's true. It continues. Remember that which was just spoken of in Romans chapter 12, verse 9. It was without hypocrisy. It was true. We see love never fails in, in 1 Corinthians 13, but right before that we see all the actions of love. This is what love's about. This is what love does. This is what a Christian's supposed to be. Not only do we see that love is something that is expected of us, but the one I really wanted to focus on is love is expressed by us. It's something we do. It's the way we live, and by that, we can convert the world. I've been asked before, uh, when someone's having, having troubles in their life and they're trying to, trying to encourage someone to do what's right, I think the best thing we can do is to speak to them and try and encourage them to, to sit down and study God's Word, but not everybody's there yet. Not everybody's to the point where they want to look at God's Word, where they want to look in the Bible and open it up and study and see what God has to say. But we'll see within love is our chance to shine. It's our chance to teach the world just by our actions. Without, without having that desire to look into God's Word, we can still teach one by the way we live. Love is expressed by us. Remember the, the new commandment, John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35. It says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Jesus speaking there says, Love others just as I showed my love to you. Just as I loved you, you do the same. He said that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. Now notice there at the verse 35 it says, By this shall all men know you are my disciples if you have love one to another. By looking at the individual, by noticing the Christian, those outside of Christ were able to look and it says they will know you are my disciples. There was no question in the, in the individual's mind because of the love that this person was showing. They're like, that person's a follower of Christ. It's such a blessing to go out somewhere and someone be like, wow, you must be a Christian. 
Perhaps that would only be said because someone sees the love of the individual. They look at you and they say, wow. There should be a desire with those in the world to be like us, to be like Christians because of the love that is shown forth. As we mentioned in John chapter 13, verse 35, it says that by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. They know, they have no doubt, they really only have a desire to be like you. It should bring a desire to be Christ-like because of the love. So not only is love something that is exalted in scriptures, not only is it something that's commanded, but now it's something that when we show it, it can help the world. It can change the world because they see our actions, because they see what we do, and they ought to then have the desire to do the same. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, one of those verses so commonly quoted. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. Notice, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Once again, it's by the action of the individual. We talked about love. Love is an action. People should be able to see the action, and therefore it brings them to the point at the end of, verse, end of the verse where it says, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, it's not just Christians that it's talking about here that would glorify the Father which is in heaven. It says that they may see your good works, those outside of Christ, those people that aren't living like Christians. They look at you, they notice you, and they say... I want to glorify the Father which is in heaven. They glorify the Father which is in heaven based off of your actions. By our actions, we can bring someone else to the point where they have a desire to glorify God. There's really not much greater than that. We want to be able to spread the gospel with them. Within that of the gospel is the love that Christ showed. Within that of the gospel is God's design for us sharing love with the world around us. For starting off cha this chapter in our life, year 2015, we ought to have a desire to show the love to the world that was first showed to us. We noticed earlier it's reciprocal. Christ showed the action, and now it's our opportunity to show the world Christ's love in the way that we live. You can notice also by our expression of good works, we can, we can by doing that, we can bring others to Christ. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12, says, Having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God. They may glorify God in the day of visitation. They can, by your good works, when they see your good works, glorify God. Notice within that of the Christian lifestyle, it all revolves around the fact of God, the fact of love for God and love for our neighbor. And outside of that, outside of, outside of those two commands, really we don't have any commands because all our commands are based off of it. Now I'm not saying that to say that we don't have other commands. I'm just saying those other commands that we have by design follow within that of putting God first and putting your neighbor first. Loving the Lord and loving your neighbor. Within God's design, love was expressed by us to the world. We can show the world God's purpose. Really, Christianity is the greatest religion there is in all the world because of God's design for spreading it. God's design for sharing it. 
It's through the love of members. It's not through holding a gun to a head. It's not through beating someone into submission, but rather it's through showing what Christ was all about. We show how Christ loved and we can convert the world. We teach people about the gospel. We teach people about Christ's plan so that they could be saved. The ultimate showing of love, Christ dying on the cross, that's what we're telling the world about. But first, they see it in the way that we live. As a young boy, my father used to always talk about a child could see through their parents. They can see through the, the persona, the idea that they, they, they put up, that a parent shows. A child knows, but so does the world. The world looks at you, and they see you every day. There's very likely that there's going to be individuals that you come into contact, contact maybe even seven days a week. They see through you. They see the true person you are. So let that be the person that's Christ-like. Let that be the person that is full of love, that has care for the world. For 2015, let's make sure we spread the love to the world around us. Because in part, by doing so, we might be able to save a soul. As was mentioned earlier, on Wednesday night, we had a young man, Andy, who decided to start off the new year right. He knew he had to, to put Christ first, so he decided that he wanted to be baptized for remission of sins. Well, it's still the new year. I really don't care what part of the year is, but I do care that we spread the word. I do care that we give everyone the opportunity to put God first. Are you willing to make Christ number one in your life? Jesus said if... If we will confess him before men, says he will also confess them before his Father which is in heaven. Christ has promised that if we'll put him first, he cares about us. In John 14, verse 15, Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commandments. By Christ's design, by Christ's plan, it was that we put him first. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, your mind. Christ, Christ by design, Set it up so mankind could put him first. So therefore, mankind, understanding that Jesus is the Christ, must then decide that I'm going to put him first. I'm going to follow him, being willing to repent, being willing to change of that which is wrong, be willing to put him on in baptism. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, it was they were buried or they were baptized into Christ. The question is, how do, how do we get into Christ? Galatians 3.27 said that they were baptized into Christ. We have to contact his blood because within his blood is where we find remission of sins, where, where our sins can be washed away. If you haven't given your life to Christ, we want to help you. If you haven't, if you haven't shown love to those around you, make a change today. Let the world know that you are a Christian by your actions. You don't have to go out and Tell everyone that you're a Christian, but they're going to notice it by the things that you do. I think it's a great thing to go out and tell the world about the blood of Christ that washes us and cleanses us and makes us free. If you haven't been baptized into Christ, we want you to do that. If you haven't, if you haven't been true to him, if you haven't been faithful, you've fallen short, and we can help, we ask that you please come as we stand and sing.